Good morning, church. Good morning. Everybody doing good? This is your first time here. I'm Pastor Furman. Uh, some of our members call me the Cholo Pastor. I don't know about all that, but... I say, man, what am I going to wear tomorrow, right? And so I go and I'm looking through my closet. And I was like, I haven't worn this in a while. And that's the first thought that came to my mind. Khakis and chucks and the shirts. Cholo Pastor, no, but... I'm excited to, to be with y'all this morning. Anybody ready for the kids to go back to school? I'm ready, man. I love my children, man, but come on now. Count down the days, man. But I know that this time of year, that's what everybody's getting ready, right? Everybody's getting ready to go back to school. Their kids are going back to school. Even our educators. We got some educators in the house, man, some people that I love dearly uh, that serve in different schools in different capacities. But everybody this time of year... It's, it's focused on school, and it just makes me think of all the preparation that goes into it. And I know sometimes that can be a lot of different emotions, right? For some of us, that's a time of joy, right? We're like, oh, yes, take them. For other people, you're like, man, I'm not, I'm not ready for this season. I'm not ready to step into this. Um, and the other day, I was reading in my Word, and if you ever have the, the Bible app on your phone, you version, it always gives a verse of the day. And the verse of the day, man, I, I thought it just it hit home for having those emotions and those feelings. And it's not going to be on the screen, but I want to read it to you this morning. It comes out of Proverbs 19.21. It says, You can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. You can make many plans. And it's great, right? We want to be people that are planning. We want to have some organization, some structure to the things that we want to accomplish in life. Because if you're just shooting at any kind of target, you're going to hit anything. So you got to have some focus. But I think when we hear that verse, specifically a lot of times, we're thinking like, okay, well, I really don't have to worry about playing. Like God's in control. He's going to take care of it. But what I want us to receive is a lot of times when we plan things and they don't go the way that we imagine, what happens? We get upset. We get in our feelings. We get frustrated. Anybody have a plan that ever went accordingly that they're supposed to? Or all your plans go like mine and go the opposite. It goes south. But nonetheless, I think it's important that we have his word written on our heart for times like this. And especially that word, that his purpose will always prevail. So when our, pattern, our plans don't turn out the way that we expected, when things go sideways, we can say, God, you're still good. God, you're still present. God, I know you're going to make the mess of this situation and it's still going to serve the purpose that you have for it. And that's something I want you to write on your heart. Okay, even when I plan things, they go sideways. My God is still good. My God's plans and his purposes, his will for my life, it still presses forward. And that's encouragement when you come into a season that you've been preparing for and things are different. Well, today we're going to be in the Galatians. And um, today's message is called the planting. And I, I believe, you know, that God wants to help us plant Jesus in our life in many ways that are going to help us when plans change. But before we, we dive into it, I, I want to pray. I want to ask Jesus to take the steering wheel and to lead us this morning, because we need him. You know, left in our own plans and our own ways, man, it's going to be a mess. But thankfully, the Lord, he's a better janitor than I am. So let's, let's lift it up to him this morning. Father, we just come before you. Just thank you. Thank you for your goodness in our life, Lord. We thank you that uh, man, you give us wisdom to create great plans to be successful. But even when things don't go the way that we plan, Lord, you are still present. You are still good. You are still faithful. 
And so, Lord, just as we read your word this morning, I pray that it would just help us in that season of preparation, but also in the journey. So, Father, I just, man, just help us move out of your way. Jesus, it's you. We need to learn from you. We need to grow in you. We need to walk like you. But ultimately, we need to come to you. So help us come to you this morning and allow the Holy Spirit to lead us. Holy Spirit, forgive us for a lot of times when we're stubborn, we're hard-headed, or we ignore the things that you're guiding us to do, Lord. Help us follow you this morning and the days to come, and even when we leave here today. So would you just speak to us? Would you guide us? Would you have your way? We love you, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Galatians chapter 6, we'll have the verses on the screen for you. Um, but the book of Galatians is a letter from the Apostle Paul, and he's writing to the church in Galatia. And in this specific message, the chapter before, he had been discussing of what our life could be like in Jesus, of how there is freedom in Jesus, of how we could have the Holy Spirit empowering us to overcome our temptations, to overcome some of the things that we struggle with, but most importantly, so we could seize and take advantage of every opportunity. And then so we get to chapter 6, which is what we're going to be in today. And Chapter 6 is really him wrapping it all together, tying it all up and trying to make sure that he gives it to them in a way that they would receive it, but also that it's simple, that they wouldn't misinterpret it, that they wouldn't misguide each other. And so that's where we're going to be picking up today, and we're going to be reading at chapter 6. We're going to start at verse 1. So if you want to turn with me or look on the screen. But Paul starts off saying, Dear brothers and sisters, if any other believer is overcome by sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens, and this way obey the law of Christ. And if you think you are too important to help somebody, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. <laughs> Man, if you ever need some humility, right? If you ever just need to be humble, spend some time in the Word. Spend some time with Jesus. Spend some time with God. I promise you, he's going to humble you. And that's what we see with Paul. He said, hey, man, don't think you're too busy than what you really are. Don't think you're more important than what you really are. He's like, he sweat. He said, don't get it twisted now. You're not that important, all right? Don't fool yourself. Don't be acting like you got it all together. And when we live in a way that we believe that the world revolves around us, we begin to miss that. Because the world is much bigger than ourselves. Even our own life is more than what it is for ourselves. And that's where we need to start by understanding that we are called to be something bigger. By understanding how you are made to live this life. And this is what I want you to take away and start with this morning. That we are made to do life together. We are made to do life together. Now as you hear that doing life together, it doesn't imply that doing life alone is an option. All right, that's not an option. And that's what we see in the Word of God, that He created us to do life with one another. So it illustrates that we need to be in community with one another. You know the saying, right? It, it, it takes a village to raise a child, right? And as I was reading this and thinking about this, man, it, it takes, takes a tribe to live a life with God. It takes all of us to do this life together. Now, I know we got some introverted people in the house, and they'll be the first one to tell you, hey, that don't mean I need to see you every day. I don't mean that you got to be here all day, every day. And the opposite is true, right? We have other people that are, are trying to be in the mix, that want to be involved in everything. 
And it's, we need to understand, church, that we all have different capacities that are healthy for us. For some people, they thrive in environments like that where they're around everybody all the time. They're doing things with everybody. For other people, that, that's too much. But whatever our level is, we need to be respectful of each other's level. And that's important because church folks are some of the most judgmental, mean folks I know, okay? They'll be the first one to be like, I didn't see you at church on Sunday. And you're like, man, hey, how come you didn't go and attend that event? I thought you were serving. How come you weren't there? They start to condemn you and make you feel some type of way. But what did Paul say? He said, you need to be humble and gentle, especially with those who found themselves off the right path. So we need to understand each other's capabilities. We need each other chance, each other's capacities to what we can handle, what benefits and what works for us. That's why a lot of times if you say, Pastor, I'm sorry I didn't come to church. I'm like, hey, it's, it's okay. I understand. I know sometimes our health isn't in the great place. Sometimes we just need a break. Sometimes it's just overwhelming to be alone with a lot of people. But even if the opposite is true for somebody, we need to be respectful towards one another in a way that we're always encouraging and building each other up. Because that's what the church is for, to equip each other, to build each other up, to do life together. But we have to be uh, understanding of one another. We're all wired and made differently. So we see that Paul is stressing that we are called to do life together. So for us to live in isolation or to be a, a, what they call a long-range Christian, that's not a good thing. It's foolish, not only just for your physical health, but your spiritual health. It puts you in a place of vulnerability for the enemy to easily attack you. You ever watch any of those nature shows? And they see, you see like a pride of lions. How do they hunt? They don't go and just attack a whole herd of gazelles. They wait for one to fall off by the path. And that's what the enemy does too. He says, if I just sit back long enough by themselves, they're going to withdraw themselves. And they're going to put themselves in a place of isolation, a place away from the community that was supposed to support them, and then I could get them. So we need to be mindful of that, church. We need to be mindful of each other, and we need to be mindful that there is an enemy out there who's looking for us to fall into temptation, to, to make us stumble. And Paul said, man, don't be too harsh. Be gentle. Be humble. He's saying, hey, don't pile up on somebody when they got things wrong. The church is sometimes the most, you know, hard places to express the things that you get wrong. Because they'll give you a mouthful, right? They'll give you an earful. But Paul's saying it's not supposed to be like that. We're supposed to be loving and kind the way that Jesus is. Be humble, be gentle. You know that if you try and you're just forceful to somebody that's done something wrong, what happens? They might do what you say, but they're going to resent you now. They're not going to receive the lesson or the wisdom that you're trying to pass on. So we have to be careful that we're not overbearing to somebody. We've got to be mindful of the way that we're approaching, we're delivering, we're trying to help our brother and sister. Because we are called to share each other's burdens. And that doesn't mean we just take on all our problems on ourselves, but we are there to do life with them. So what does that look like to share somebody's burden? Well... It just depends on the person, depends on the situation. It can look different for a lot of different ways. Sometimes to share somebody's burden is simply to be present, to be an ear so they can pour out the things that have been going on. Sometimes it might require you to pray for them. Sometimes it does require you to be the hands and feet. I don't know what that looks like, but sometimes you might have to help them move across town. Sometimes it might mean you go help them cut the grass. 
But we are all called to share each other's burdens, to be there for our brothers and sisters. But what else did Paul say about that? He said, be careful, though, to one, be humble, be gentle. But he said also to not fall into the same temptation. Because it's easy for us to go back to things that we struggle with, things that we've been free from whenever we're not prepared to handle it. And we all know people, right, that have had the same struggle as we are. We get excited for the things that God has done for us. We say, man, I want to go help them. But we're not always prepared or in a place healthy enough to do that. And I've seen that happen time and time again. Well, God would deliver somebody, do an amazing work, and they'd be so on fire, so on fire, so excited. They would go back to help somebody, and before you know it, they're caught back up in the lifestyle that they just left. So you might be like, well, how do I share their burden? How do I help them? It's no, we got to be mindful of the things that we encounter. We got to be mindful of the environments and places we go. It's kind of like what we talked about last week, right? When we talked about Adam and Eve and how God could position us in the right places, the right environments, the right gardens in our life. But that doesn't mean that everything is always beneficial for us. That doesn't mean that danger isn't present when we're in those places. And that's what we need to be reminded of when we're helping our brothers and sisters is, man, I might not be struggling with it right now, but I need to be mindful that I don't fall into it. I need to be careful about how I help them and how I help myself. Because it doesn't take much for us to slip back off. We all have weaknesses, and we all have a snake out there that's looking to expose us and get our ear. So the first thing that we see is that we're called to do life together. We're called to do it in a way that is humble, that is gentle, that's going to look different at different times, in a way that's to build each other up so that way we're not stumbling or falling any longer. So that's what we see when we first are reading through Galatians. But I want us to continue to read. Let's go to verse 4 through 6. Paul continues on, and he says, Pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you will not need to compare yourself to anyone else, for we are each responsible for our own conduct, and those who are taught the word of God should provide for their teachers, sharing all the good things with them. So we said, man, if you've got some people pouring into your life, it's okay to express that in ways that are good for them, in ways that benefit or help them. We all need people that are going to be pouring into our life. We need each other, right? But at the beginning, he said, pay careful attention to your own work. Watch what your eyes are doing. And last week, we talked about lust, right? The dangers of lusting after things. How our eyes can influence our actions. And Paul is reminding us to pay attention. Because the things that we focus on are going to become the direction that we begin to travel if we're not careful. And if you're always helping somebody else, if you're always looking at other people's situations, sometimes you're going to forget about your own. Sometimes you're going to start to mishandle the things that you're responsible for. And that's what the second thing I want you to take away this morning. I want you to receive this. Doing life together doesn't excuse you from carrying your own load. Doing life together doesn't excuse you from it. There's all times that we need help, and it's a blessing when you receive that help, right? Man, it brings some relief, man. It makes life a lot easier. That's part of God's will, that we would be there for one another, we would build each other up. But we also need to be reminded that doesn't remove our responsibilities, the things that we're in charge of. At the end of the day, I'm still in charge of it, right? I can't put the blame on somebody else when they don't come through in a way that I asked them to. If I put myself in the situation... We have to understand, church, at the end of the day, 
It's on me. And I can't get mad at anybody else for that. And it's one thing if you have the Holy Spirit lead you to do some things. Because God is always going to provide for those that follow through. He's always going to take care of you if he asks you to do something. But I think what gets a lot of us in trouble is we do things for God instead of with God. That's what's always getting us caught up. As we say, man, you know what? I think I should just go and help this person out. And that's my brother. That's my sister. It's all the money I got. But let me bless them with this. Because I know God is going to get some glory. He's going to move through this situation. Instead of saying, you know what? I need to pray about what I, how I need to help my brother and sister. And then what happens? That money that you just blessed them with, you're like, dang, I ain't got no gas. I, I knew I needed to put gas. I can't get mad at them at that. I can't be mad at God if I did something outside of him that he didn't instruct me to do. And that's the difference between doing something for God and doing something with God. Because doing something with God is something that he's instructed you to do. Doing something for God is something that you decided on your own without him that you should do. And if you think about it this way, if somebody said, hey, man, we're going to go out of town this weekend. Man, you ought to come. And you're like, man, I don't want to, man. But, I, you know, I really ain't got the money for it. You know what? I'm just going to go with you. And then you come back from the trip and you're just like, man, I spent way more money than I should have. I don't know how I'm going to eat. I don't know how I'm going to get to work. You can't be mad at them, right? You decided to do that. Nobody told you to go on that trip, that it was your responsibility. You did that. And that's the trouble a lot of us get ourselves into is doing things for God, doing things without God, and then saying, God, where are you at? I don't understand why I'm in this situation when we put ourselves into it. So we need to be mindful, church, that as much as we love each other, we do life together, we share each other's burdens, that we don't forget about our own responsibility. Because guess who's home with you at the end of the day? You. You got to deal with whatever you choose to do. You got to deal with the consequences. Paul says, man, you know, you can keep up with the Kardashians all you want. Don't mean you're going to have the same bank account. You ain't going to have their lifestyle. All you're going to have is trouble. Problems that could have been avoided. You're going to be unsatisfied. So as much as doing life together, man, it's, it's lovely. It's, it's all wonderful. It doesn't excuse us from carrying our own load. So sometimes if that means you need to sit out from going and joining everybody and doing this and that, man, you need to sit out. Because you understand that it's going to put you back in a place that you don't need to be. We've got to be mindful, church. At the end of the day, it's all on us. So Paul's trying to address this to the church in Galatia. He says, hey, man, y'all need to do life together, but don't forget about your own responsibilities. You need to share each other's burdens, but don't forget that you can fall to them. You need to be careful how you're loving, how you're helping them. Man, but don't forget about your own responsibility. Let's continue to read. Let's go to verse 7 and 8. And then Paul tells them, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant, and those who live only to satisfy their sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So throughout these texts that we're reading, we see Paul is trying to be serious. He's just like, hey, I want you to really understand. He said, pay attention. Don't be misled. Don't be a fool. Don't act like these things don't have value in your life because when you do, you're slapping in the face of God. Believing that nothing's going to come from it, that everything's going to be all good when it isn't. 
Now, I don't know how your childhood was growing up, but I know if I talked to my parents in a certain way that was disrespectful, that was not the, that was mocking them, what would happen? I might got hit, right? It's just the truth, right? In that day, what do we call that? Discipline, right? Boy, you ain't supposed to talk to me this way. You better watch what you say. Like, nowadays, CPS is like, hey, that's assault. You know, there's, there's levels to all that, but that's past the fact, though. So we have to be mindful of what Paul is telling us, that we're going to be reaping a harvest from everything that we sow. The things that we are planting are going to come back to us. If we think we can mock the justice of God, well, we got a rude awakening headed for us because we can't. What did he say? He said, don't be foolish. Don't be misled. Pay attention because all these things that you are planting are going to come in your life. You're going to have a harvest that comes from it. And that's what I want you to receive finally this morning. That what we plant always becomes what we harvest. What we plant in this life is going to become the things that we see come to the surface. Paul said, man, this is a lesson all of us should know. But for some reason, we tend to forget it. Sometimes we don't even believe it to be true, even when it's looking at us right in the face. You will always harvest what you plant. And then he goes into detail. He talks about two different places. He talks about when we are planting into our flesh, what happened? He said, you're going to reap a harvest of decay, of destruction, of death. Or you're going to plant in your spirit. Well, what's the difference between two? Well, one of them is all about us. We, we're not even thinking about God. We're thinking about our own desires. We're thinking about what makes us happy. We're thinking about all these things that are apart from God. But the Spirit is with God. So when we are planting in the Spirit, we're doing things God's way, things that honor God, things that align with His Word. And so we are always planting in one of the two. We're either doing it back to with God or doing it without. And the thing is, some of us have had seeds that have been passed down from generations. And you probably didn't even realize it, that you've been planting seeds that have been passed down to you and you've seen them harvest in your life. Some of us have had them seeds of anger, right? We've had parents that were angry. They would be mad and take out their frustration on all of us. And we don't even realize that that same anger is the same seed we've been planting and passing. We've been seeing the harvest of anger come up and be poured out on our children, be ready to snap on anybody. Sometimes we've had seeds of doubt planted and passed on. Oh, you're never going to be nothing. Hey, things are always going to work out the way that you don't want to. That's just life. That's just what your life is. Sometimes we have the seeds of, of settling, right? Believing this is all my life is ever going to be. But no matter the seeds that have been passed down to you, whether they're bad or they've been good, it's up to you what you do with them. You have the opportunity to harvest whatever you want to see in your life. Now, I'm not saying that you're going to just be harvest and become a millionaire, okay? That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is a lot of things that we are planting in our life is being appeared in our life, and we're thinking it's the enemy. We're thinking it's somebody, other person. A lot of it has to do with us, that we've allowed a lot of these things to come in our life because we've been the ones planting them. And Paul is saying, you need to be mindful of this because it's going to be up to you what you harvest. It's not always about somebody else and what they gave to you. And that's good news, church, that we have the opportunity to change that. That with Jesus, we could cultivate the ground. That means we could identify these bad seeds and we could get to the root of it. We could remove them. We could see them out of our life. 
out of our, our uh, I'm trying to think of, when you think about a family, what's the tree? Your family tree, there you go. I see it, I just couldn't say it. Because how many of us got some family trees that got some bad seeds in it? It's got some bad roots. And if we never identify, we never pull them up, what happens? Well, they continue and they get passed on. But we have the opportunity to identify them and remove them with Jesus, that they don't ever come back, that they could be gone for good. We could plant good seeds. We could plant seeds of optimism, right? I don't know how this is going to work out, but my God is faithful. We could plant seeds of hope. Lord, I don't understand this, but I know that you have been consistent. You, you have shown me in the past. You said that if I got you, I don't have to worry about these people coming against me. What kind of seeds are you been planting? Is that part of the things that you've been harvesting? Because yes, there is an enemy. He wants to harvest some bad things in our life. Yes, we live in a broken world, but most of what we harvest comes down to the things that we've been planting. So what have you been planting? That's something I really want you to stir on this week and, and really look through. Let's continue to see what Paul says right after this. Verse 9 and 10. Paul tells them, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessings if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. He said, man, look, I know life is difficult. It's going to be hard, but don't give up. I know there are going to be times you don't want to do this no more, man. I know that you're tired. Don't give up. I know there's times that you feel like you're going more backwards than you are forward. But don't give up. Be mindful of what you're planning. Just because your situation looks a certain way doesn't mean that's what you have to harvest. You have the opportunity to change that. Be mindful of what you're planning. If you ever read in Philippians, there's a verse that's written on my heart. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Give thanks to God. And then you will gain the peace that surpasses your understanding. And if you really think about that verse, that's everything that Paul's talking about. He says, hey, be thankful of the things that you're planning. Even though your situation is crazy, man, plant, plant some praise for the Lord. And watch how you reap a harvest of peace in the middle of your situation. This is my challenge for all of us this week. Is that we will keep planting Jesus in our life. That that's what you be planting. And every, every year of your life you say, man, I need the Lord to work in this. Jesus, I need to plant you into this. In this relationship, I need to plant you. In this finances, I need to plant you. And all the things that's falling apart in my house, I need to plant you in this because I don't know how to fix it. I ain't got the wisdom, Lord, but I know that you got the resources. I know that you got the right people. And if I got faith in you, then there's nothing that could come against me to stop what you have for me. So let me plant some good seed into my life, into these areas, so I can see you reap a harvest for your glory. Church, we got to be mindful of the things that we're planting. We got to be mindful of the seeds that we're passing on to those after us those around us. We look at this world, what do we see? A lot of death, a lot of decay, a lot of destruction, a lot of things that are very discouraging. But you know what it comes down to? All the things that have been planted. 
We're just seeing some of those things be harvest. But good thing with the Lord, though, is we have an opportunity to change what we see, to change what we experience, to change what our family trees look like, to change what our kids do. Let's plant good seeds, church, so we can reap a harvest for God's glory. Let me pray for us. Father, I just thank you. I thank you for times that you just are real with us, that you call us out. You tell us, don't be misled, don't be foolish. Don't think you're too important. You're reacting real arrogant right now. Father, I thank you for those times that you humble us, that you just remind us, man, just uh, how much bigger things are in our life than what we see. Help us do life together with a way that will just honor you, that will glorify you in a way that we could be humble and gentle with our brothers and sisters whenever they fall off. Help us be mindful of the enemy. That way when we're helping a brother or sister, we don't fall into the same temptations. But we bring it all to you. We do it all in your way. That we don't ignore our own responsibilities, our own conduct. Because Father, at the end of the day, we know that it's you we gotta stand before, that there's nobody that can stand before you for us. Nobody but your son. So, Father, help us just be mindful of these things and be mindful of what we're planting. I pray this week that you begin to identify maybe bad seeds that we planted in our life. So that way we can uproot them. So that way we could, man, just get rid of them from their existence. Help us plant good seeds, Lord. Help us see a, a harvest of all the fruits of your spirit, of peace, of joy, of gentleness of humility, of kindness, of love. Help us love people the way that you love us, Lord. Help us reflect you in all these areas, Lord, and man, just help us with the, with the tilling of the ground. Father, I know that a lot of these places are hard for us in our hearts. They're difficult things that we've been through, and sometimes it's hard to even go back to them. But you said with you, Lord, there is freedom. So help us ignite it. Ignore the freedom that you have for us, but receive it and walk in it. So, Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for the ways that you love us. We just thank you for who you are. We love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Right now, we're going to go to a time of worship. We'll have a couple of prayer team members in the back if you need prayer. Also, in the back of the room, you'll find some the Lord's Supper, some communion cups. And so, if you're like, you know what, I need to go and spend some moment. I need to go and take the Lord's Supper with, with God right now. Man, you're more than welcome to do so. But let's worship God this morning. <laughs> 